0: Coming to you from the red, white, and blue. You're now tuned into the number one crypto podcast on the planet. And this is Crypto Conquest, discussing everything cryptocurrency and the evolution of financial systems to the blockchain. Now, here's your host, John Wingate. Welcome back to the Crypto Conquest. It's been a while, but we are officially backed, and wow. Do we have a treat for you today? I have the amazing Francis Smith-Dean, who I was lucky enough to meet at the Texas Blockchain Summit in Texas in October. We cover everything from crypto to economic policy and even some theories around what to do if you find yourself in an economic collapse. I have to caveat this by saying that I had this chat with Miss Dean in late October. So keep in mind... That when you hear what she's saying, she was spot on about the market predictions back then. This is not her making predictions in the now. This is her prognosticating, as you would hear her say. Uh, Listen to her advice, because she knows what's coming, and she knows what she's talking about. Email us, admin at the Crypto Conquest. Subscribe, like, share, and tell all your friends about it. And check us out on the website, CryptoConquest.com. We hope you enjoy.
1: Today I have the lovely Miss Frances Smith Dean with me. We had the pleasure of meeting at the Blockchain Summit a couple of weeks ago, and we just <laughs> fortuitously were walking down the steps at the same time, trying to get back into the to the main conference hall, and we just happened to live uh, and and work in the same sector, in the same areas of Dallas and focus on a lot of the same things. And I wanted to bring her on and introduce her to all of our fans here at the Crypto Conquest. Francis, how are you doing this morning?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, John. And thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. Um, I think this is an opportunity for so many Americans to forge into a space um, and get the right education. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, and you know, education is one of the big things that we always focus on. It's it's a very important part of, you know, because blockchain is so new, and all of the cryptocurrencies that are out there are are so disconnected to some mm-hmm. degree. Um, it really helps to have people like you, uh, who are focused on, you know, teaching the every person how, what, how they can benefit from it, you know, how it works, the inside depth. So when you told me you were doing that, I was interest, it, 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 immediately interested and I wanted to learn a lot more about it. And we had, a, I think we had a very good discussion, a great discussion over there. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing here in uh, Dallas and, and, you know, your role in kind of the evolution here as we bring education to the masses around blockchain.
2: Okay, so I want to let your audience know uh, my background story before sure, we get please. to what I Absolutely, did.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Um, my name is Frances McDean. I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, I was an undergrad computer science major at Xavier University. Cool. Um, then went on to get a master's in math from Loyola University. And then uh, I found myself... <laughs> in the New Orleans public schools. And I was like in culture shock. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by culture shock was so many of my students were in poverty. So what I did was I taught the stock market games (laughs) in my Algebra two class. And my students won number one in the state, first time playing. Wow. And everybody was like, how did they do that? (laughs) So they thought it was luck. Then we won the second 10 weeks, number one. Wow. <laughs> so Incredible. When, but what people didn't know, I was an investor. I started investing in 19, Tried. Uh, started a lot of um, investment clubs among my friends. And so when new asset classes would come along, I was a researcher. And so, fast forward, Katrina happens. I, I was a, I became a financial advisor hmm. and managed about over thirty two million in assets for the city of New Orleans. deferred compensation. Um, fast forward, Katrina comes. Lose my big book of business. I land in Dallas, not by accident, because I had a lot of you know friends and connections here. Um, land in Dallas. Then I found myself, okay rebuilding, uh, finding what's going to be the new trends, going to investment conferences, participated in Freedom Fest Um, in 07 and 08. I was on their platform. Mark and I met in New Orleans at the Gold Conference and he invited me. He said, you have an open invitation. Anytime you want to come, come. So I did, took him up on it. Then I started hearing about new technology. So in my 2008 presentation at Freedom Fest, I talked about the seven stages of an empire and how America was in collapse. Oh man. Then I talked about.
1: Oh man. We're going to have Autonomous to go into that.
2: communities.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Okay.
2: Yep. So then I went into the autonomous communities. Well, I really didn't get to finish the autonomous communities, but, um, uh, in college, I did a, a work on parallel processing. So this whole new venture that was to come aboard later on. So fast forward, <laughs> I land in 2017, the um, executive director for the Zambusti Homes Community Outreach Center in the southern sector of Dallas. So, People were coming to me about Bitcoin. I knew based (laughs) on being a registered advisor, it was speculative. And so due diligence needed to take place. So here's what, I mean, I was getting scammed after scam.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Coming through my office. I mean, people were scamming Seriously. Oh, yeah. So I made a conscious decision. I said this. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to give you a checklist, but you have to do due diligence. Remember, you have no legal recourse if you lose your money. Yep. So that's when we started teaching the classes in 2018, 2019. Then we formulated a group called cashflow collateral and leverage. I said, let me just do all asset classes. Um, And then I started, you know, creating ways where I know I needed to stay on top of the education, legislation, those things that were going to affect crypto. And then um, I'm going to add this. I went to Dubai with Leadership America in 2010. Wow, cool. I realized at that point our systems were changing. Oh, yeah. And how were we going to get in position In 2012, I worked with the Chinese. So I was saying, they were telling me, no, they told me, America is going to change, Francis, and you're going to have to wrap your head
1: around
0: it.
2: And I was fighting that. You know how you have that? Yeah,
1: you don't want it to happen. Yeah, you kind of your your subconscious doesn't want it to happen because you're comfortable. You like what you've yeah. learned and you know what you know. And yeah, yeah, you don't want they, they were telling me changes are coming to America. And I never forget, I
2: wrote Ben Bernanke and I said, look, thank you for really saving America because we could have collapsed earlier. Here's why. While in Dubai in 2010, we were we were told by the chief economist that they were planning to put the dinar back by gold. Okay, yeah. all right. So all the Gulf states were, were planning to get their own currency. Ding 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 ding. Like ding. with
1: Qaddafi, right? That's what right. he wanted. To, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> ding ding ding. In my head, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. They're going to import inflation to us. Yeah. And we're not even ready. Yeah. So that was the first bell alert. The second bell alert was when I was working with the Chinese. Ding, 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 ding. So I said to myself, I'm going to make a commitment to my community to begin to teach them asset classes. That brings us to crypto. Okay. So that was my timeline. I made the commitment. I was true to the commitment. But what you have to understand, fear was the number thing, one thing that I had to overcome for so many people. Why? They didn't believe we were transformed. Yep. So I had to go get the history, the revolution. So that's when I started talking about the fourth industrial revolution. And then... I would say to them, you got to listen to people like Andrew Yang. He's telling you without telling you. Yeah. You got to hear what um, Silicon Valley is pushing. They want universal basic income because they know something in technology, in this innovation stage, that's going to be a game changer for so many Americans. So, my thing was this let's look at the tech curve. Let's see where we are. If you just put a little bit and it doesn't work, that's not like putting your life savings. Right. So guess what happened? They started putting 10, 15, $25 and grew their wealth and got out of debt. Wow. By just doing due diligence, having accountability partners, working with each other, understanding how the technology would change the global system. Because here's the thing, as Americans, we think based on our needs versus based on what somebody in Kenya may need or what's somebody in That's changing in with crypto,
1: though. That's changing because we're all becoming a world economy, right? Correct. Yeah.
2: And, and it was difficult for them to what? Imagine yeah. that the world was changing with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right and alongside so, of us. Right. Yeah.
2: And so my first, I said, guys, y'all on crypto. They said, no, we're not, no, we're not. I said, yes, you are. I said, do you sell, can you sell someone money? <laughs> I right. said, well, you're using it. Yeah. X-Rapid, the XRP, you're using it. The banks are already there.
0: Yeah.
2: I said, if you watch the banks, now I'm not saying listen to everything they say, but... If you watch the, the 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 banks, they're your lead. When the banks were scaling down and closing branches, I said the rest of America is gonna do the same.
1: Yeah, right. Because they're the underpinnings. They're the ones that yeah. underpin everything. If they're if they're scaling back, they hold all the money. They're gonna That's scale right. all the money back. Like you gotta, right. yeah. So let me <laughs> let me bring something back. I want I want to talk to you real quick about your. Uh, because I think it's very interesting here because it probably underpins your whole educational uh, uh, philosophy. What did you do with those kids in New Orleans that got them to be uh, the number? What did you do? Tell me about that. I want to really for for a few seconds here, dive into that.
2: Because you got to understand I met I, I, um, Dick Grasso, I spent a week with him on wall street, Sandy, wow. He would come to New Orleans with wow. his national finance Academy. So you gotta understand. I, I've been in the room with the big people.
0: Wow, That's cool.
2: <laughs> I'm a little fish, but got to glean and spend time with them. John Mackey owner of Whole Foods. you know? Wow. So I've been with a lot of them. So here's the thing. Observation Peter Lynch by Adela T. Magellan got a chance to be in a talk Uh, of a big money manager, um, Dave Shanahan. He was with uh, Smith Barney. um, And they said, you know, he would say, Francis, uh, I want you to listen to these people. So got a chance, heard Peter Lynch, and he talked about. But in his Fidelity Magellan, he did this clip where the students picked where their money, their disposable income would go. And he followed that. So I wow. used his approach
1: wow. with my students.
2: I said, guys, y'all driving the markets.
1: The inherently, Tell they me. know where it's going to go. I mean, inherently, yeah. they know where they're going to. Wow, interesting.
2: And guess what happened? What it was the week that ABC, CBS, all of the broadcast. it was earnings week for them. I said, pick the broadcast that's going to do the worst, and we're going to short sell it. And on the short sale, <laughs> that's what they did. And, that's wow. how, and guess what? Out of that class of, um, let's say, 150 that I taught, 52 are millionaires, but they're just below the radar, you, you'd never know so, so basically
1: you taught people the fundamental rule of follow your instincts is is how yeah. you base that that's wonderful we don't yeah. that's such an important thing that rarely gets taught in schools yeah. uh and gets reinforced and because you really did it in a reinforcing manner not only did you tell them hey look follow your instincts that's one thing to tell people that but you have to reinforce it by them knowing that holy shit my instinct. excuse my language was right <laughs> You know, so I love how you brought that whole thing together. You created a perfect curriculum to have people trust their instincts and then validate that their instincts were right. How lovely. I love that. I'm a big believer in, you know, instinctual uh, listening to yourself and and following your instincts, feeling it in your gut. Right. That's not just a saying. That's a that's actual thing.
2: But but you know what? I based it on evidence, you know, factual evidence. So. In the roadmap to the big three ABC, NBC, and CBS, um, this was like do or die. And I told them, I said, who do you look at and who you don't look at? And tell me why. Why? Because factual, you were the group of people who look at TV more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You understand? When we when I pulled out the stats. So you the people who are going to tell me what works and what doesn't. When yeah. I go home, I'm not a person. I'm not a TV person. Right. But you are. Because when y'all come to school the next day, what's the first thing y'all talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> on TV? What was on
1: TV? Exactly.
2: So if y'all could tell me what's on TV, then y'all could tell me which, which company, ABC, CBS. Which company ABC?
1: was it? Just for which... Yeah.
2: It was CBS, they short
1: sold. Wow. Because
2: their programming, now this was 1995, their programming at the time was not really tied to that new demographic that was coming up that was watching television. Wow. Where you had a different world and the Cosby show on NBC, on ABC, you you had like uh, Stargate, you know, some um, science fiction. So they had captured the audience, you know, to the TV
1: graphics. audience. They caught correct. the TV audience. Yep, correct. Yep. The other that CBS was focusing on the people who read newspapers, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. And so that wasn't, you know, and I know, I knew. Look, I used to say this. Um, I used to tell them this all the time. I said, "It's not what you make; it's what you do. What you make." I said, we have a misnomer that everybody got to go to college. Everybody got, has to be an athlete or insane. That's not true. No,
0: it's not. Not
2: what you make is what you do with it. Mm -hmm. And if you become consistent in doing a little bit of something, there's going to be a whole lot of something later on.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that couldn't be further
1: from the truth. I love that. I love that way you make it, you know, it's so simple the way you, you put that picture out there and that's really what this whole thing is about is we got to help people understand with anything, with anything you teach it, you know, you got to break it down to the simplest form and the simplest factor of itself so that people can grasp it in those small, small pieces and then put it into a, a, a actual, you know, practice. Why don't you yeah. talk to me real quick about, you know, the, the strategies that you got, I know you said you have the, the, um, uh and, and i really want to talk to you about this but i don't know if this is the right form for the, the <laughs> fall of the empire i love talking about that we might spend a few minutes on that but talk to me about you know uh, what you're doing in dallas here and okay. you know how you've kind of formulated that because i know that uh one of the big things we were talking about was it's very important to get um communities you know this autonomous this idea of autonomous communities right Right. if you have this if you have this currency that's worldwide and it really fluctuates based on the will of the people correct as opposed to something else then you can form these autonomous communities so talk to me about kind of what you're doing in dallas here and how you are cultivating you know that understanding for people of what crypto is like tell me a little bit about that
2: Okay, so for your audience, crypto is hard for people to grasp, everyday people who um, have been comfortable, no matter what economic um, class you are in. It's just really, really difficult because I've had lawyers in my office and other business people who tell me about their children in it and they don't get it. You understand? So no matter what spectrum you come from, this is really difficult. So here's how I uh, introduce it to people. I say, okay, we're going to a global economy. We're in one, but we're really going to emerge in this whole new system. But if you're going to do business with somebody, let's say in Russia or Mongolia, It's got to be a trust factor. Yep. The blockchain puts trust in this. Okay. Yep. And it allows us to do things through computers, yep, with cloud-based systems and
1: satellites,
2: so we can make sure we are we have a level of trust.
1: Yeah. The trust that hasn't existed before. I mean, that's Correct. what people don't understand is that there has been a paradigm shift in the trust factor here. You, don't, you can trust the blockchain almost infinitely. There's almost an Correct. infinite amount of trust. And that's the part that I you're, you're making a great point here. I'm sorry to, uh, but I oh, that's okay. that's wholeheartedly okay. agree with that.
2: Yeah. So it's that trust factor. Now the global factor, the, the global factor says what it says that now, People from all throughout the world can bring their creativity on the blockchain and develop different systems for you to make money. Why is that hard to conceive? Because we were accustomed to one way, coming to getting an education, getting a trade, getting a skill, coming to the office, working nine to five. That's no longer
1: well, even this. if you were an entrepreneur, you, there's there's it's even further than that, because even if you had that entrepreneurial mindset, I mean, there were still people that had the entrepreneurial mindset from all walks of life. Right. Correct. Even right. Though, and And in the old system, there was really a, you know, a lot of these a lot of these regulations and laws existed, because if you were trying to take money, right, once right. you took that money, nobody knew what happened with it. you could spend it you could hold it you could give it here give it there and maybe if you quarterly did some type of paper report that said what you what you're going to tell people you did with it they would believe that and then they could invest more or invest less that doesn't exist anymore with the blockchain people can see second by second minute by minute hour by hour where every single penny that they've put here or put there or put anywhere is going. So these old laws are completely antiquated. That's right. The spirit of those laws no longer applies to this Correct. new world. And so, that's right. and so that's the thing that I think people need to understand the fundamental shift here is that there is more trust in the blockchain than there's ever been in any of our existing systems.
2: Right. And, and see, that's where you go into describing protocols. Protocols, set of instructions. What happens is, uh, if-then, and what happens, it tests the if-then part and moves you along the chain. And what happened, and and what I tell people is this. We are now international, uh, global citizens. Yes. And in my teaching, I said, You have to think differently in order to be a global citizen. America has spoiled you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now you have to transition your mindset, your lifestyle to becoming a global citizen. And it starts with a system of border. If, John, you're in Shanghai, I'm in Dallas, I, we can't meet, you can't, it, it's too expensive for us to wire money. So, what's that solution? That solution is crypto and our transacting it through wallets and our agreements to perform certain tasks. Okay. And so, in me trying to explain this whole new global citizen, becoming a global citizen, you're American first, but now you have to become an American global citizen and understand what solutions you could bring to the globe so that you can maintain and catapult to this next level. But it's but you gotta understand the technology, gotta understand how it works, and you gotta understand what problems this new technology will solve from healthcare, to finance, even to gaming, you know, I had the opportunity to go to Las Vegas, go to the um, Gulf coast to see the transformation, even in the casinos.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And how big. they're using the blockchain. It's big. It's big. I mean, it it's has, huge. it has implications across the board. And I, you know, I echo that same sentiment about being a global citizen and the way I kind of, you know, paint that is right now, really you see even Houston versus Dallas, there's a mentality of Houston versus Dallas. And the reason why is our economies are so local. They're so localized. And, Mm. you know, I give the example of, you know, people in Afghanistan, when this Afghanistan pullout happened, right or wrong, I'm not saying it was right or it was wrong, but when it happened, something very interesting happened. The only people who had any wealth left were people who had crypto in their hands, and I think Correct. that's a powerful message for yeah. the world. And the other thing it did was, you know, for example, there's a lot of these ecosystems popping up where uh, you can go in their telegrams, you can go on their Facebooks, their social medias, and it's people from all over the world coming Correct. together to participate yeah. in a, and when you do that. Why would you want somebody in, you know, just forgetting the financial aspect of it for a second or the, the, the increase in value? Why would right. you want somebody who's participating in the same system from Africa or China or Europe right. to suffer any detriment at the hands of your versus us or us versus them or that mentality? It's going right. to go away. And right. this is the, the beginnings of it. And I think you're absolutely right that um, there are a lot of sectors that yes. this is going to it already is impacting quite frankly
2: oh yeah um you know i tell people the disruptions from the marketing to um, not only banking but uh transportation and I, i'm gonna tell you somebody uh george gilder met george George has been to Dallas, had my class to read life after Google. He's a futurist. And George Gilder lays out some very important facts that Americans should know about. um, As it pertains to what's next. Um, And how Google had to Google is transforming right now.
0: Yeah. John. Yeah.
2: You know, we're using graph and they were forced now if they're forced to transform don't you think we are going to be forced <laughs> you
1: know yeah. what I'm saying? but the interesting thing is that they're they're they see the the future so they're getting ahead of the curve you know they'll be yeah. they will be forced even harder later if they waited longer so there are companies out there that are resisting the force right now, you know, but there's going to come a time where either they do it or they die. Google's just recognized earlier. So we as humans and the people instead of corporations need to also understand that, that we need to change early and change fast or else we're going to suffer, you know, probably who knows who knows how we're going to suffer but we have to get on this train of understanding early i'm not necessarily saying that you got to go and i'm not saying this at all actually that you got to go put money into any specific cryptocurrency or whatever but you need to understand what the blockchain is how to feel comfortable in the ecosystem you know and that's why i'm very excited about this because i think that you're absolutely right that the the um you know the 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 ecosystem, especially in and around a place like Texas, where you have such a diverse set of economies, you know, I mean, Mm. in Houston, you've got oil up here, you've got tech, you've got Austin, you've got San Antonio. I mean, you have this eclectic mix of economies and then you have this diverse set of, you know, economic status up and down. And we have a true opportunity here to fundamentally change for a large population set, Yes, the understanding, right, and their futures, and, and
2: you know, John, not not to cut you off. That's no, what I was attracted to Dallas. Let me let me say this: from Louisiana, transitioning here, I couldn't understand why the southern sector was was not involved in this whole economic drive. When I came into this, my role as executive director, you know, I said to the board, I said. I don't want to so much stick on social services because you got a lot of people in the space doing it. Yeah. I I need to sort of transition our folks to economic empowerment. Absolutely. Because we're in the pioneer stage of proliferation. As I said, the we're in that stage of discovery and it's going to be a game changer with just a little bit. Yes. Our folks began to, what, understand and recognize the opportunities. And that was a risk that the board took to, to really follow me and agree to allow me to teach that. You understand? And I taught it with caution and I taught it where we got together every week. Now, every week the class met, meets. Wow. We don't now, but in the beginning... They had to pull out the white paper. We had to analyze the white paper. We had to look wow. at the roadmap. We had to identify what parts of the global society would do what, what
1: would benefit and
2: how many people would that benefit. And you use intuition
1: you know? again, right? Correct. That's beautiful. I love that. You see I what I'm saying? That? Oh yeah,
2: and that's beautiful. so taking those deep dives with the group, they were... Apprehensive. I'm not gonna say they weren't, they weren't on board. Um, they because again, they were in the comfort of the
1: United States, mines. programmed, they were programmed, <laughs> gotta deprogram them, you know. Then let me say let me tell you what the game changer was. Oh, I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to this.
2: I said one day the banks are gonna shut down and you're not gonna have
1: access to your money. Man, guess Man. what
2: happened? The banks shut down. Right. One of the major banks here shut down. They walked out of class the same day.
1: When that happened, that was the game changer. Well, look at what happened with COVID. Look at what happened with COVID. (laughs) I mean, it disrupted every aspect of our lives. That's right. You know, I mean, you couldn't go to the bank. If you needed to go get documents and transactional information, you couldn't Mm. go to the bank. You were stuck. Wait six months. I know I had to do it. (laughs) John Markman,
2: he's a writer in the Weiss uh, series. Um, John was here. Maybe I think in 2019, I saw him in March, and he said how they're gonna start testing um autonomous cars, how Uber will start testing in Uptown Dallas. And I said to myself, Oh my God, this is happening faster than what we think.
1: You well, understand? All we have to do is look if we wanna have a, a good estimation of how fast it's going to happen just look at moore's law and how fast we've been exceeding the expectations of moore's law the the computer technology has been in it's we've been because they put these phones in our pockets and they upgrade them every year we've been anesthetized to (laughs) how much progress is being made on an almost daily and monthly basis with technology. And I agree with you a hundred percent. We're taking, we're making leaps and bounds. We are. And this change is coming faster and faster.
2: And you know, I tell people, I said, this infrastructure bill is the most important bill that America is going to put forward. Why? It's going to provide us with the infrastructure needed to thrive in this crypto space. Most people look at it as roads and bridges. I look at it a little deeper from a civil engineering aspect um, to connect economies, to connect us with global economies so that our folks in America can create content that could glow worldwide. You can't do that in in southern Dallas. It's challenging. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have they, They're still at a three and four G level. You so how does the
1: infrastructure help me understand how you think the infrastructure bill solves for that? Because I, you're the first person that I've heard that has taken that approach on it. Which, if it does, I agree with you 100. I think that's a well. Great it's
2: going to have the fiber optics, the the 5G, 6G, gotcha. all of those things gotcha. that are needed for people to work anywhere
1: well, in America. I, you remember we talked about while we were at the the conference, you know, putting even putting a phone in yes. somebody's hand can fundamentally right. change yes the right. outlook on their life yes right. Know? uh right. And so I agree with you. I mean, I think those parts of the infrastructure bill, uh, when you look at it through the, the lens that you just presented, yeah. provides the, the Americans with a fundamentally better outlook on the future. Uh, because I think if you look at China's road and bridge initiative, I think it has oh, the same on. thing. It's the same yeah. thing. You know, they say yeah. road and bridges, but what they're really doing is putting in digital roads and yes. bridges, you yes. know, yes. And, but uh, to
2: put that in, you know, you're going to have to put in a cable. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm oh, yeah. You're going to have to put in the towers. Um, so, but w- what is the um, Doppler effect of that? That means other people can what, tap into that also.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Indirectly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm just hopeful that we you know, loosen because of the way the new, uh, this new economy functions, you know, it really is autonomous. And I think that government needs to understand that unlike any other period of time, uh, you know, the autonomy of the people can be recognized and can, and they can be trusted with their own, everything from this point on, because of the visibility and the The what what am I what's the word I'm looking for transparency that Mm -hmm. blockchain provides the technology provides the transparency so um, I'm very much with you on all those points right there I'm I'm but but John if
2: you look at our voting system blockchain is going to solve that we're not going to have a hanging chair event we're not going to have a corruption event that's what going to come and solve that
1: well here's here's the challenge there right you mm-hmm. have so many I, I'm with you a hundred percent that yeah. it is the solution for uh, voting. Yes. But, you know, regardless of whether you think there's corruption in politics, there are yeah. absolutely people that like to minimize because even if somebody is winning or losing, right? Mm-hmm. right. If you go to a blockchain, the ability for people, cause this is public data. This is, yes. this is absolutely yes. public data. And mm-hmm. you, you gather the ability for people in real time to uh you know outside of just the politicians who have the TV uh uh capacity to get on TV and push a message you have social media now and you've got all these outlets for if somebody who has a big following is studying the blockchain of the voting system and in real time is telling people hey look this politician is losing there could be a real advantage for the people Mm-hmm. And I think that politicians aren't too keen right now, unfortunately on yeah. the full transparency and it may have good reasons and bad reasons. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that they're bad. Yeah. You know, no,
2: but I, I just think is it, here's what I think the real problem is, John, they don't understand the technology. Number one, number two, they don't understand how the technology will benefit themselves or everybody else Um, and when you have uh, challenges in our governmental system, things get slowed down Um, and I think it's that learning curve that they're going to need in order to what? Help catapult Americans Um, because right now we're sort of in a
1: stagnant Stay, we're in stagnation. We've been in stagnation, <laughs> it's been in stagnation. You know? I don't want to say it like that. Yeah, we've been um, in a stagnation for yeah, years, and,
2: but and for us, um, you know, China's just gonna lead. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with that. Uh, China's gonna lead, but I don't want us to wake up one day and become angry Americans. Um, I want us to be able to wake up and say, Look. We know what we got to do to pull together so that we can soar based on the American greatness. You understand? We are the last free society.
1: We see you're absolutely right. We have a short window though, to take advantage, to, to keep that, you know, flowing to keep that, that peace and prosperity flowing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's coming to a
2: close. It is. And I have my class reading the fourth turning and um because i asked him i said what y'all gonna do i said don't sit here with the pity party the victimization laying out the facts here's what we're going to you're gonna have to start now developing a sense of community to teach others so that others can understand what they need to do
1: Free them. Yeah. We need to free ourselves. Nobody's going to free us, but ourselves, we have got to free ourselves. That's the key point and takeaway from this conversation is that, and, and, you know, I'm happy that you're out there. I love being out there doing the same thing. You're so knowledgeable about this stuff. It's hard to find people that are passionate, passionate and knowledgeable, you know? Uh, Well, let me, let me take that back. Most people that are knowledgeable are passionate about a subject, but to get out and speak their minds on it, you know, oh yeah, and to empower yeah. other people. That's a yeah. huge, huge, yeah. um, uh, something that you're doing that I'm, I'm very, um, excited about. Uh, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit more about how, you know, people can get involved in helping out or being a part of, uh, you know,
2: we would love for people to come and be our lunch and learn guests to talk about crypto on our lunch and learn series. Um, also, you we're on Facebook. What's your uh, Facebook URL? Um, uh, it's the Zan Wesley Holmes Junior Community Outreach Center. Okay, um, that's our Facebook. Uh, on YouTube is ZWHJCoc. So we have a list of playlists. We'll we put those a-
1: links in the, in the uh, podcast okay. uh, description. I'll do that for you. Don't worry about okay. that. Okay.
2: And then um, we have our uh, website, ZW, I mean www.zwhjcoc.org. Now, let me say this: We're Americans
0: first. Yes, we are.:
2: And with the American spirit, we know how to help each other. That's the purpose of John and I coming together so we can connect to cast a wider net so other people can understand the opportunity that's presented to us in this day and age.
0: I love that. And
2: as a result of that, we can work together to help many others who are just not as fortunate as us and some who are, work together to do great things. John has a project with the phones. I have a project. I'm educating the community as we come together. Iron will sharpen iron and we will help catapult to that next level. So just join us, bring your egg game to the table.
1: Are you doing zooms? Um, Are you doing zooms and stuff like that? Can people get involved digitally? Is that something that's. Yeah, they
2: could get involved digitally. Excellent. Um, when, when they look, if you like our Facebook page, then we list what's coming up. We say if it's in person or we say it if
1: it's by Zoom. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to many more conversations. I want to bring you back on to discuss your uh, your um, talks on how we're in the decline of the empire because i 100 percent agree with you i'm very much you you piqued my interest very much i'm happy that you're into that type of stuff are you still into that type of stuff by the way oh
2: yeah as a matter of fact we're in the age of decline and pioneering at the same time the corporations are in the age of pioneering okay and here's what here's what i mean by by decline, so there's seven stages. We're trapped in between the seventh and the first stage.
1: A recycle, you're saying, right? Um, oh, in,
2: in the seventh stage is government narcissism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. It is. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know the seven stages, but I will agree with you that it we're is. in that stage. Yeah. In
2: decline and collapse, here are the signs big government, narcissistic behavior.
1: Yep, yep.
2: And everybody wants something for nothing. Yeah. In the pioneering stage, new territory, innovation, opportunities creativity, and storytelling.
1: So, Interesting.
2: Two different things. And what happens is people are getting caught up in the decline
1: versus moving forward to the pioneering. So, you know, I love this talk, so I'm going to continue it for a little <laughs> bit longer. If you've got another few minutes, let's continue it because I don't want to leave the people hanging. <laughs> on, on, the, on the decline part, are we closer to the... To the edge of being over the decline part? Or do we still have a little ways to go?
2: Um, To be honest with you, Mm -hmm. because it's called decline collapse.
1: You got to collapse first. Yeah. Um,
2: And so we have maybe a window of nine months from today.
1: What do you think that collapse looks like? If you can give me some insight into that.
2: (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to prognosticate.
1: Please. Prophesize. Okay.
2: Okay. (laughs) It means that one day we're going to wake up, either Europe, Japan, or China. Some massive disruption in the system will turn our world upside down. Now, given that, we do simulations here. Meaning, I give them. I said, if China says tomorrow we're shutting down the ports, no goods and services, and um, you can't get toilet paper, what you gonna do? You understand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you laughing? But it's it just, happened already. What are you? Ta- that's why I'm laughing because I happened. did it. I did that in 2019. That was wow. a simulation that I gave. I gave my class. Wow! Because they were pushing back at me on some stuff, I said, "Okay, one day you're gonna wake up. You're not gonna have toilet paper. What you gonna do?" I said, "Get My the list and start preparing." So but in this one, this, in this prognostication, you're gonna wake up and everything is going to be sky high. And you're gonna need your
1: medicine, you're gonna need food, you're gonna need gas. We're already stuff. going there. It's already going there. Look at how much gas is increased in the I mean going there is, and when it's there is different. Wow. So what do you think that as far as you know, do you think gas gets up to eight, nine dollars a barrel? I or? think gas gets to ten. Wow.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> in the United States, ten dollars a gallon. Yeah wow. And you think this happens in the next nine to 10 months. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I feel what you're saying. Like uh, inherently, I feel it. I feel that there is something that's coming. That's going to be a huge disruptor. Um, you know, I, I just hope that it doesn't devolve into fighting. You know, I hope we take it on as humanity and we learn from it. And we yeah. progress past it as fast as we can instead of fighting. But it's it.
2: the narcissistic behavior that's going to prevent us from doing that. See, that's that's the problem. If we don't deal with nar- our narcissism right now,
1: before that happens. see How do I look? How do I look right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's that narcissistic behavior
2: that is going to create panic that the fighting is going to begin because it's all about survival. You understand? And you're right. Is it's gonna be a mode of survival. So when, you know, um, read a book called Animal Spirits. Okay. Um, and you just need to know how the animal spirits gonna come out and jump out at us.
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a scary thing because there are some there are some crazy animal spirits out there. <laughs> Um, so it, when, when we do devolve uh, and we have this collapse, what do you think the timeline is for the rebuild? Do you think we're looking at something like- Oh, it's like, going to take
2: us four, four to five years.
1: So you're, you're thinking worse than 2008? Oh, yeah. We, we in the bubbles are all bubbles. So this is going to be something that causes a major collapse. Do you think there's a place to, to put yourself now? And I'm not yes. talking about just financially, but no, no, no. Is- I mean,
2: even where you need to go live and everything. Yes. Oh, what yeah.
1: What is that? Tell us about that.
2: Okay. So, um, where you need to live and, and I, I don't want to put fear in anybody, but y- you
1: really love need- no fear here. This is all about right. love for everybody. Yep.
2: Right. I think, um, there are going to be places in America. You can live comfortably. Um, And Texas is one of those uh, various areas of Texas are better than others. Um, But what has to happen when you're in certain silos of Texas, you have to have that sense of community where you start talking with your neighbors, your church members and creating your plans to to, to stick together and how you're going to do protection. So um, security is going to be the number one thing that I feel that people can begin discussing now. Vulnerability, with goods and services. So what you have in your home, say you need, I have beans, you got rice, we put it together. You got what I'm saying, when we're looking at food, Um, just those major, major outliners that we need to now begin to discuss among each other so that we can survive uh, the drought, as I say, in my class that's about to come. Um, Farming. If you have, I don't care if you, you have a small plot of land just uh, some basic farming uh, you can do on your land or in your home in order for you to survive. Um, I I went to a survivalist camp in middle school. So Mm. if I'm talking, yeah. So that's why I'm saying um, I'm, just certain things you need an atlas you
1: need a compass let me ask you Um, this how does so my family is spread out over texas and a lot of different places what is your recommendation because i talk with this about about this with them all the time if something goes down what should our plan be what do we need to do and i know we're we're completely away from blockchain at this point but i love talking about this stuff so go ahead
2: so your plan needs a cold your your family needs a cold like not 911 so much, but code. That code says everybody needs to meet at this location. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um and with that code, that might be your storehouse. Okay. Okay. Until you 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 all go st- so you have it in phase. So phase one, if it's a dire, dire straits, everybody will proceed to one location. That location is the storehouse for the family. Then you have a plan of action so you can map out what needs to happen next in case things get really, really bad,
1: okay? Should those be Um, outside of major cities?
2: Oh, yeah, they should be outside of major cities. But if you can't, And here's what I'm going to say. Everybody ain't going to be able to get on the road. Mass transportation is not going to be available. Even if you go outside of major cities, you're going to have to understand you're going to be invading small towns or small areas.
0: They're going to resist, too. They ain't going to like that. Yep.
2: They're not going to like that. And, you know, because I have a lot of friends in small places and they're saying our folks are going to resist outsiders coming in. Yep. But so if you don't have any relationships, you better get relationships and you better have that conversation with your friends now before invading into other people's territory. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So you just can't think that you're going to go st- stay at the best Western yeah. <laughs> in some small area. You know, you again. They're making, they're creating those, they're fostering those relationships. They're talking now in those small areas. You understand? So it's not a thing of, we're going to take it to the road and go to the Ozarks. They're not having that.
1: (laughs) You understand? Do you think COVID was the precursor to creating that, you know, creating a softer landing? for the collapse. You know, that's how I feel like, you know, stay home, get off the roads, get used to having less toilet paper, get used to having less food on your table. Uh, And, and, you know, you talk about the universal basic income. I believe this is why this is coming up more and more and more and more, because there's going to be some type of government stipend and you need to learn how to live off of that for most people. Uh, So you do think that you do think that. Oh yeah, I do think that
2: I do. I I think here's what I'm going to say. Covid. Okay, so if we look at quantitative easing when Ben Bernanke started it, it slowed down our collapse. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought that we would do that. But what he did, and he'll be he will be looked upon as being a brilliant, um, a, a brilliant chair, bad chair. Right now, you know, everybody was mad and, and spitting hate, but he slowed down the collapse
1: process for us. Was that good or bad?
2: Depending on what side of the, the, the depending on if you were a beneficiary or if you weren't. If you were a beneficiary, it was good. Of course. If you weren't, um, no, it wasn't. But that's because you really don't understand our systems. You got what I'm saying? So, but, because I'm telling you, it wasn't until 2010 I'm sitting in with the chief economist of the UAE, and he's. And I asked the question. I asked the question. The guy from the Bank of England was in the room, and I said to him, How has quantitative easing affect your country? And he looked at me. And the guy behind me, who's from the Bank of England, he says, You need to tell her about the DCC call. Well, when he started to proceed to talk, Ben Bernanke was heading off. Inflation, wow. because if they would have backed that dinar by gold, everybody would done. have, yep. yeah, we
1: would have been done. Yeah, we would have been done.
2: And no, but see, people don't realize that Francis knows, but most people don't even know that that even was taking place. You yeah, they just
1: compl- they they were happy with McDonald's and Netflix, and Netflix and chill. They were happy Correct. with all that.
2: We would have been Bernanke. Fed Chair Bernanke slowed down the collapse. Wow! You got to give him credit for that. Wow! And prevented us from going into one of the worst inflationary situations. It gave it gave us some time. Now, wow. are we going to go into collapse? Yes, but he prevented it in a way that. It provided us with some time to, to get, get our to make ass it, together
1: to make the landing softer, right?
2: Correct. And you got to be grateful for him for doing that. Most people not going to say that, but I'm going to say that because I wrote them. <laughs> they, <laughs> they responded. They said, "Oh wow." We don't. We don't normally. We don't normally uh, respond to emails, but wow. it was the secretary. But. Thank you for acknowledging. And it was after I came back from July. Thank you for acknowledging that because we're getting a lot of hate mail. And I knew he was. Wow. You know, I I knew he was. And Leadership America had great, great relationships with the Fed. uh, You know, the Fed branches in Atlanta, Dallas, DC. So, and you got to give credit to where credit is due. Now, where are we now? That was 2010. We in 2021. That span of time allowed people to get themselves together. Yeah. We got about nine months, a nine month window.
0: Damn.
2: Okay. Now, what's going to be your salvation? You better. You got to understand. We got to learn this digital asset space. Yeah. And what opportunities that it's going to bring to Americans. And once we learn that, John, it's going to be a game changer for a whole lot of us.
1: Well, I'm, I'm uh, amen to that. I'll just, I'll just end by saying amen to that. I can listen to you talk for hours on this and I'm going to make sure that I get in front of you as many more times as I can and download as much information in the next, you know, however many months we can continue talking before okay. this collapse happens because yeah. I love, and I'm sure that the people love hearing this. They probably won't be able to listen to all of our conversations, yes, okay. I want to get involved and help as much as possible because I truly believe in everything you're saying, everything yeah. that. That you've said to this point yeah. um and and uh, it's been my uh, pleasure absolute pleasure to discuss these topics with you today and like yeah, i said see. i'm I, no thank you uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, you don't get to hear this type of uh you know clear uh, from the heart communication that comes from really wanting to help people, uh, you know, especially with somebody of your mind and and you know, been where you've been and and done the things you've done. So uh from my you know, community and everybody around the world who gets to hear this. We all thank you. I thank you. And, and thank we all thank you. So uh, thank you so much, Francis, for joining me today on the Crypto Conquest. Um, you know, I look forward to many more discussions and helping you out uh, in any way. Oh, that thank, I can. You.
2: thank you. And yeah, I, I, I am going to reach out to you because I want you to come in and do a lunch alarm. And anybody to. else in your audience, if they're interested, please email me directly. Francis F R A N C E S dot Smith S M I T H at Z W H J C O C dot Put John Wingate Show uh, or Crypto Conquest in your uh, subject line.
1: I'll go ahead and I'll put that in the description of our podcast here today, so that everybody has all that information. They don't have to write it down; they can just copy and paste it. So we'll put up your website, your Facebook, your email address, and all that information, so that we can start getting more involvement and and really create that community, that autonomous community that can function around you know minds like yours um, and people who really care about helping the people. That's what this is all about: helping each other. That's what our that's what our ethos should be about everybody's yes. is helping each other. So right. I'll let you have the last word, Francis, before we sign off today.
2: Well, I, John, you know, there's nothing by accident. There's no coincidence in, in life. And I, I just thank you for being open to having me on your show. Oh, uh, I'm going to tell the audience that, um, you know, we're better together than we are apart. And during this season of polarity within our country and, Around the world, we're better together to figure out what it is we need to do next. So I look forward to having great discussions on the show so that we can move forward together. And thank you, John. And thank you. And thank you to your audience for listening.
0: Thank you so much, Francis. Have a great day.
2: Okay. Okay.